Going to see your GP can be a reassuring and comforting experience, but sometimes patients find themselves getting home only to realise that they forgot most of what was talked about in the consult. Audio recordings can sometimes be useful for patients to remember their medical consult, but there are legal considerations for both the clinician and the patient. Welcome back to the Medical Republic. I'm Francine Crimmins and this episode I'm joined by Dr. Megan Prichter, a research fellow at Melbourne Law School. Dr. Prichter, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much, Francine. So recently you've published in both the Medical Journal of Australia and also The Conversation about some of the legal concerns around recording healthcare consults. I was wondering why patients might record consults and why this is helpful for understanding their care. Mm. So consultation recording has been around as kind of an idea and a practice for probably 20 or 30 years now. And it's premised on the the fact that patients forget most of what they're told in their, their um, visit to their doctor. So there's pretty good evidence that we tend to forget about 80% of what we're told in the consultation. And that has flow-on impacts in terms of our ability to take the medication we're prescribed in the, in the proper way, to provide informed consent for um, surgery, for instance, just to, I suppose, optimise to get the most out of that visit if, if the minute we walk out the door we're forgetting most of what the doctor's told us. And is there any indication that the idea or the trend of recording consults is increasing in popularity? Um, I I don't think we really know the answer to that. But um, obviously, with the prevalence of smartphones in in most countries around the world, it's it's likely that having that technology in your pocket, it you know, it's obviously easier for patients to do that than twenty or thirty thirty years ago when it involved um, lugging a tape recorder around. And and usually, at, at you know, in those times, it was the recording was kind of initiated by the doctor as a, a good idea in improving care rather than the patient. So. Although we don't have data on it, I think it's it's reasonable to assume that it's a much more common practice or at least people have the capacity to do it much more often now. As you've just pointed out, obviously everyone has a recorder in their pocket these days with their smartphone. Could you maybe differentiate for us some of the different types of recording and that main difference between overt recording and a covert recording? Yes, yeah, so the paper, the research that we did looked at actually at three types of recording. One was recording that's led or authorised by the, the doctor or the health service. And so we worked particularly with the Peter McCallum Cancer Centre who've developed an app. So the, the, the service itself makes that app available to patients and they will store the copy of the recording. So that's kind of a health service-led recording. On the patient side of things, using their own smartphone, we did differentiate between overt recording where the patient says, you know, doctor, I'd really like to record this conversation. It would help me to, to remember what you've said. I'm having a bit of trouble following, you know, these, this complex medication regime or whatever, and it'd be really helpful if I had a recording. We distinguished that kind of overt open request for consent by the doctor from the situation where the smartphone just sits in the person's pocket or bag and is recording without the doctor's knowledge and consent. And we do know from a study in the UK that about 15% of patients have recorded covertly, but a much larger proportion in that study, around 70%, were interested in the idea of recording. And, you know, we assume that they'd like to get the doctor's okay for that. Yeah, and I guess that brings us to talk about that need for consent 
in recording consults, what are the main things that doctors should be aware of? So um, doctors should be aware of the fact that the law around consent is a bit complex, unfortunately, and it we found that it varied in each state and territory of Australia. So in Victoria, in my home state, the law actually doesn't prohibit a patient courting covertly without the doctor's consent. I want to emphasise that we're not saying that that's necessarily a good thing for patients to do, but just that the law doesn't prohibit it. In other states, South Australia and Western Australia, for instance, it's unlawful for the patient to record without the doctor's consent. But as I say, in every case, in every place, we would encourage an open consented approach because we think that leads to the best kind of outcomes and and doesn't impinge on that doctor-patient trust. Is there kind of a benefit in practices or individual doctors offering recording services that are led by the clinic and offering that to patients so that it doesn't have to be a conversation with each individual patient at the start of a consult? I think that's a really good idea. The practice is then kind of in the driver's seat and can control what what happens with the recording and it's it's all... um, above board, everybody knows what's happening and the patient can agree or decline to that offer. The the health service or the clinic or the doctor then has the usual kind of obligations they have under the health records legislation. So the recording itself becomes a part of the patient's medical record and they have to protect it and retain it for a certain period, just as they would with um, the rest of the medical record. And how about the storage and the sharing of these recordings in terms of other doctors at your practice seeing it or listening in? Is there concerns around those kinds of things? So I think if you think about the recording as a part of the clinical record, the same rules would apply. So yes, you know, the the clinic needs to ensure that it's protected, it's in a secure location, if it's going to be stored on the cloud or with a third party organisation, then um, the clinic would need to be sure that the contract terms with that third party or with the cloud provider, you know, offer sufficient protection. But again, it's just the same as it would be for, for another part of the clinical record. So the doctor can also use the recording in, in the usual types of ways that are exceptions to the doctor-patient confidentiality rules. So quality improvement activities for defence of a legal claim and, I mean, potentially for research if the patient consents to that. I think, again, if you think about it, like any other part of the patient record, that's how it should be treated and protected. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that. So some doctors may actually look at consult recordings as something which would add perhaps some added protection against, say, claims of Medicare fraud or even patient complaints. But are there things that doctors need to be aware of in terms of using these audio recordings in future legal proceedings? The recordings can be used in future legal proceedings, both by the doctor or the patient, as a record of what was said during the consultation. The doctor ought not be recording covertly as legal protection, but if it came to dealing with a medical negligence claim, the recording can be accepted by the court as evidence, as part of the evidence of what happened in the consultation. So the court will also look at written notes and the recollection of both parties. But I do agree that having a recording there is is probably going to be pretty authoritative evidence of what, you know, who said what to whom. 
So it could be useful in that way. Something that might come up for some doctors is there could be instances where you really don't want your consult to be recorded. Is there any advice around dealing with requests for recordings that you may not want to participate in? Sure. So we spoke about this topic at a conference last year, and I must say I was really struck by the both the interest from doctors and also the degree to which they were divided about whether recording was a good idea or just a terrible idea. And for doctors who are really uncomfortable about it, and I think you know many of us don't like the sound of our own voice and the idea that that is captured on tape, they don't have to consent. So they can decline. And I, I would say it's probably good to say, well, what, why would the patient want to record? Are there other things that I could offer? Could I give them, you know, written information or, or more, more detailed information about their medication regime that will help them achieve the same outcome of being able to remember what, what was said? So they don't have to consent. And if, you know, if, they, if it push really comes to shove, they can actually decline to continue treating the patient and can refer them to another doctor. But, you know, that is probably worst case scenario. And I think really a much better approach is to, to have that conversation and say, well, I, I really would prefer not to be recorded. What else can I do for you to fill in those gaps? And I guess that moves to the final question, which is what have you seen as some of the best strategies to ensure that there is shared expectations in whatever practice doctors may work in regarding the recording of medical consults? So one of the best approaches I've seen is actually with the apps that are coming out in the US and in Europe and led by the Peter McCallum, such as the Second Ears app that they're piloting. A purpose-built app does allow for clear consent mechanisms to be included in the app itself. So there's no question about where the recording's going what the agreement is around it being shared beyond the patient themselves or beyond the doctor themselves. So those mechanisms can be built on into the app. I also really like the approach that the Peter McCallum has taken because the recording is uploaded directly to the patient's medical record. So there's a secure permanent record of, of that that recording and it has to be uploaded before the patient can access it. So it's kind of just a little safety mechanism that I really like and anything that will provide clarity, uh, written clarity about the expectations around the, the recording itself and where it's going to be stored and shared is a really good thing. Dr Megan Prichter, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much Francine. You can subscribe to The Medical Republic on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your favourite podcasts. And also some exciting news is that from next year, you can join me on a new podcast I'm launching for The Medical Republic called The Tea Room. So every week on The Tea Room, I'll be diving into some of the hottest button news topics for GPs, and you won't want to miss it. Of course, you can still contact me anytime. My email is francine at medicalrepublic.com.au with any new tips, questions, or even just to say hi. Catch you next time.